Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, it was the right fit against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and I am coming to you from the press box at MetLife Stadium, and one of the wildest games you'll see, especially the final eight and a half minutes or so, the New York Giants off to a 3-1 start, virtue of today's 20-12 win over the Chicago Bears. Now, we're not going to put this one, a tape of this one in Canton by any stretch, but the Giants are 3-1, and one, and that's their best start since 2009. Says a lot for what the Giants have done to this point. And yes, it was ugly. Yes, you can make all the comments you want about the Giants being the worst 3-1 and one team in the league. But this is a game that this organization does not win spanning at least two coaching regimes, maybe even three. With everything that transpired today, all of the injuries, Daniel Jones gets hurt, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, Saquon Barkley playing quarterback, Daniel Jones coming back in, spotting at wide receiver, and then at quarterback knowing that he was not going to put himself in danger and roll out or throw the football, and yet still the Giants come away with a 20-12 win. It says a lot for what Brian Dable is building, the confidence, the calm. You know, Ben McAdoo had his phrase of poise in the noise, and that's kind of what the Giants showed today. And I went to Andrew Thomas, and we spoke, and make sure you check out NorthJersey.com in the morning when I detail these Giants and how they're different from the last, I'd say, five years. And Thomas essentially told me, we will not flinch. And whether the team wins or loses, and they may, they may end up finishing this season 3-14. and 14. But the bottom line is, this team is different. They're different than what they've been as the losing, the most losing, the team that has lost the most in this league for five years, dating back to 2017, time with the Jets. This team is different, and they've found something. They've found a trust in this coaching staff. They've found a trust in each other, and it really has shown itself in three wins 
out of four games this year. Now, this team could be sitting here at 0-4. The field goal at the end of regulation in week one, that sails wide down in Tennessee. Week two, if they don't sack Baker Mayfield with a great play call, Julian Love, and get that ball back, maybe the Giants lose to the Panthers. They lose to Dallas on Monday night. Dallas was pretty much in control. Giants hung in there for a while. And then today, if the Bears made a couple more plays, if the Giants don't get the sack force fumble from Aziz Ojolari, from Kayvon Thibodeau recovering that fumble, maybe things are different. You know, you can't tell me the Giants fan that has scorned and scarred since 2016 and even beyond doesn't have a lump in their throat as the Bears are lateraling the ball all over the field down 20-12. to 12. You know you're thinking, how are we going to stop that two-point conversion? And there was one throw when the lateral came across the field and it looked like the Giants were outnumbered on that side of the field, that the Bears were going to hit that Hail Mary. I know some of you were already coming up with nicknames for the game and for the play. That's just the way it's been. But I have to say I was very impressed with the way the Giants came through in that final eight minutes. I mean, think about this. The Giants were up 17-12, right? With a little over eight minutes to go. Daniel Jones already out with an ankle injury, and they were running all over the Bears. The Bears won't even get close if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt. Let's be honest. They put that game away. Tyrod Taylor comes in, makes a great spin move that's going to be all over the highlights for a first down, great play. Throws an interception on a deep ball to Darius Slayton. Tremendous play by the DB, Eddie Jackson, to make that interception. And then Taylor gets hurt on a play that people have criticized Daniel Jones for in his first four seasons. Running for that extra yard. Everything all about effort that Taylor got that first down to get past the sticks and then he just got leveled by Kyler Gordon was it a dirty hit it's always difficult to say the helmet to helmet shots Taylor's ducking his head Gordon's aiming for a certain spot but he goes down we later learned which we anticipated in that in that situation that it was a concussion for Tyrod Taylor he's now in the concussion protocol and everything that's going on in the league Stemming back to the injury with Tua, what transpired on Thursday night, the concussion protocol is going to change. There may be an automatic one game off for guys who are declared in the protocol after sustaining a concussion. So as we prepare to go to London this week with the Giants, we're not sure where Tyler Taylor is as far as his availability. Daniel Jones... As tough as they come, if it's a high ankle sprain, not really sure if he's going to be able to get out there and play this week. 
So the Giants have Davis Webb on the practice squad. Could they look to other practice squads? Maybe a Matt Barkley, who's on the Buffalo Bills practice squad. He was with Brian Dable, Joe Shane and the Bills in 18, 19, and 20. He's back in the Bills this year. You know, the Giants are in a tough spot because they don't have much salary cap space and they have to make decisions based on what's going to help them week to week, but also big picture. And the more guys that they bring in and add to their active roster, the less opportunity that they're going to have when the guys who are on IR or not available come back. You know, this $1 million salary per year, now it's obviously prorated uh, through, you know, four games. Every penny matters. So it'll be very interesting to see what the Giants do this week. But overall, can't really say enough about Saquon Barkley and where he's at. Give this offensive line a little bit of credit for bouncing back after a rough Monday night. Barkley, 31 carries, a career high for 146 yards. It's 4.7 yards per carry, uh, per carry, a long of 29. Daniel Jones was 8 of 13 for 71 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. And look, across the board, this was not a game for the wide receivers. Darius Slayton, his first catch of the year, one catch, 11 yards. Richie James, one catch, nine yards. David Sills, one catch, five yards. Caddy Galladay, one target, no catches. Galladay leaves with a knee injury. The injuries across the board, boy, what can you say? Julian Love, concussion, he's out. Aaron Robinson, huge rap on his, on his knee. He certainly looks like he's destined to miss some time this week. Aziz Ojolari goes goes out. Uh, he later clarified that it was a calf injury. So we know what a calf injury did to Aziz in training camp and then obviously cost him the first two weeks of this season. You hope it's not as severe, but it's certainly one that you have to watch. Kayvon Thibodeau said he had back spasms on the last play of the game, so you hope he's okay. But the reality is that this Giants team is gritty. Look, there are teams in this league that win games like this every single year. And when the Giants were going bad, you always questioned, when are they ever going to get that fortune to shine back down upon them? It was almost the curse of 2011 and that Super Bowl. And they won in 2011, but for what? For what, what, at what cost? Now, obviously, you're not going to trade a Super Bowl for anything. But there was always that feeling that what did they have to give up? Was this bad run of now 10 years running since that Super Bowl and three different coaching regimes, was that penance for winning a remarkable second Super Bowl in five years? Well, at this point, the Giants appear to have turned the corner. And I think it's that poise and the noise that Ben McAdoo always talked about. 
And before you laugh at Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdoo is the last team, uh, the last coach to have this team in the playoffs. I know Joe Judge's first year came within a Sudfeld debacle down in Philly, but the reality is this team is a team right now. They are. And the way they've performed under pressure, you know, we didn't see this Giants team last year perform well under pressure. If anything, in those big moments, they made big mistakes. Dexter Lawrence jumping off sides is one that you remember. O'Shane Zimenez jumping off sides late in the season at Kansas City cost the interception of Mahomes that would have given the Giants a chance to win that game on Monday night. All of these things you want to talk about, this Giants team, with about eight minutes to go, had no quarterback, and they were clinging to a 17-12 lead. And they end up driving for a field goal that pushed the lead to eight with Saquon Barkley running the Wildcat with Matt Breida to his left and Gary Brightwell to his right. Saquon reading the keys of the defensive lineman, figuring out what had to happen. Daniel Jones lining up at wide receiver, but he had to be in the huddle because he had the radio in his helmet in order to be able to relay the the play call to the guys in the huddle, to John Feliciano to make sure the line got the calls, and then obviously to Saquon Barkley as the quote-unquote quarterback to get the calls right. And that was coming from Mike Kafka, who's upstairs in the booth. You know, remember, the offensive coordinator for the Giants is up in the booth calling plays. You know, Brian Dable said with the time that Tyrod Taylor was on the ground being checked out by the medical staff, he grabbed a whiteboard and they were quickly scribbling out the plays at what they were going to do. And they already had that set up with sort of the the wing T formation, but those guys were even with Saquon, Breda, and Brightwell. And they said, let's just run this here. They kept Daniel Jones split left wide left because they didn't want him to be anywhere near the action because they worried that he wouldn't be able to defend himself and ended up getting the the big run was the 13-yard run from Matt Breda and then they kicked the field goal and they're up 20 to 12 and really the rest just goes from what the Giants were able to to do when things were really at their most urgent. I think you got to give them a lot of credit. This coaching staff gets credit for it, and the players get credit for it. So now we see availability of Evan Neal. He went out with a neck injury. We'll see if he's available this week. The bottom line is the Giants are sitting here at 3-1 and one and going to London, and they will either face the 3-1 and one Packers or the 2-2 two and two Packers, depending on what happens in their game. No one after the first four, four weeks would have expected the Giants to be sitting at 3-1. and one. Yet here they are. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if they end up at 3-14, and 14, then they end up at 3-14. and 14. But for now, they're 3-1, and one, best start since 2009, and it says a lot for where they are. Also, there's a long way to go. Thanks for listening to this week's post-game podcast. We'll be back this week, and then obviously we will be in London. So make sure you follow us all week.
I will be in London starting on Thursday. We'll have everything you need to know about the Giants and the Packers from North London this week. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you always being all in, and we're all in for you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.